July 26th was the 31st anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA. We are incredibly thankful to Vespero for providing the first corporate contributions of this year-long ACB 60 for 60 campaign and for launching a matching challenge to our ACB members and our partners. Vespero will double every contribution made to the 60 for 60 campaign up to $10,000 over the month. Their matching challenge will start today, July 26th, in honor of the ADA's 31st anniversary until August 31st, 2021. To join the challenge in honor of the ADA's anniversary today, please donate at acb.org slash donate. Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. And good morning. Today is August 17th, Tuesday, and this is the ACB History Book Discussion Group, and we are discussing People of Vision, A History of the American Council of the Blind by James J. McGivern and Marjorie L. McGivern. And with us today, we have streaming Larry Gassman. Thank you so much. And as our host, we have Belinda Collins, who will be giving the instructions on how to raise hands and mute and unmute. And I thank you. Belinda, for being here today as well. Thank you. Would you, you want me to go ahead and give those? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, so if you are, if you want to raise your hand on your PC, it's going to be option Y. On your Mac, oh, I'm sorry, on your PC is alt Y. On your Mac is option Y. On your smartphone you're going to find your more button at the bottom right double tap that and swipe to the raise hand option and on your landline or push button phone you want to press star nine to raise your hand and to mute and unmute it's alt a on the pc command shift a on the mac and your smartphone app is going to be your left hand corner at the bottom you double tap that it's a toggle and on your landline device or push button phone you're going to press star six all right thank you so much so uh last week i had tried to uh, ask don queen who was raising his hand to participate um and i let him know last week that I would ask him first thing um, if he had anything to contribute. So, Don, I'm not sure if you're at your computer or you can unmute. Um, If you are, then I would appreciate you going ahead, unmuting and uh, giving us a little bit of your uh, history, thoughts, and opinions. I don't think he's here. He, he's not listed in the participants no. list. And then that's not his phone number listed there either. No. Okay, so he, maybe he'll come back. 
So, okay. Well, then I'd like to welcome the people that are here. And I know more will be joining us um, as we get into this conversation. So what I'd like to do is find out uh, people's thoughts, opinions, and feelings about what you've read up to so far through the end of Chapter 4. And that was, um, Chapter 4 was discussing Santa Fe and uh, where we had some people who were uh, dropped from the board and... Any opinions, discussion? Uh, Larry has his hand raised. Hey, Larry. The screws tightened in number four and even more so in five. And expulsion seemed to be the the rule of the day. Uh, and it was, yeah, I, I, there was a definite move from democratic to autocratic, uh, especially in five. Uh, even with a different philosophical viewpoint as well. But it was always the other person's fault, other mm-hmm. people's fault as well. Um, I, I just thought, it, it, based on what I had heard about NFB and ACB throughout the years when I wasn't a member of either, this is this is some of the stuff I'd heard when I would talk to friends about joining one or both of the organizations. And they'd always react to me with regard to NFB. And they talked about this kind of stuff. And this, this is what we talked, this is what they talked about going back even into 59, 60, 61. Yes. Thank you. Any other discussion? No one's raised their hand. Okay. So, um, so I guess let's go ahead and get into uh, Chapter 5. You do have a hand raised now. Uh, Mary oh, okay. Maybeth? I guess just kind of uh, saying a, a little bit on uh, the same uh, point as Larry that, you know, and at the end of Chapter 4 and going into Chapter 5, what you see is this, this very weird sort of, you know, push me, pull you. I mean, these guys on one hand were, you know, um, were miles apart, you know, philosophically. Um, and yet they were, you know, so bound together um, because they both, you know, believed in, you know, that blind people should have equal rights. They all believed that blind people should have equal rights and, you know, all this other stuff. I, I, I found myself in, in continuing on, you know, to chapter six. On one hand, thinking, look, you know, the moment that, that they figured out that Jacobus Tenbrook, you know, uh, put the lean, you know, the lean to on his house without asking anybody. Why didn't everybody have a fit and say, "Look, you can't do this"? Um, and I think the the answer to that, and I'd be interested to hear people like Bob and Don, you know, is that you know, on the other hand, they he was he was articulating so many of the principles in which they really believed that they didn't they didn't want to break and. Um, and I think you see this tension beginning and, and then mounting as you get to Chapter 5 and, and, and certainly in Chapter 6 where the ex- expulsions begin. Thank you. 
Yeah, and well, and actually expulsions began in chapter 5 because six affiliates were were dropped and and um and Louisiana gave up its charter. Um you know, they were suspended, but they're like we don't even want to be a part of you anymore. Um a lot of a lot of things were happening. Um a lot of transparency was needed and and that is what was lacking and i think when um you know they talked about democracy versus autocracy, autocracy. and um so what what is what is autocracy what how, how did that hurt the nfb Well, Christy, um, this is Livy. Um, to me, <clears throat> autocracy is, it's almost like a dictatorship. And, um, you know, I've always thought that a, a democracy was the will of the people, the voters. They decide what goes and what doesn't go. And they have their boards or whatever to, uh, you know, to make policies and stuff like that uh, to represent, you know, and the, each, you know, people, they've represented the people of the organization um, and they give that trust to them. And if that trust is violated, then there's going to be an uproar. And that's what I think is going on here. And I didn't, I got up to the point where they was going to try to throw Georgia out. That's as far as I got. Okay. All right. Um, Thank you, Libby. Anybody else? No raised hands. Okay. So, yeah. So basically top down when it comes to membership organizations, um what what were some of the problems with the top down approach uh where we have one person at the helm who is basically considered king king of the hill if you will um and um in power for 20 years um ACB has safeguards against that uh and so we've had many presidents um compared to um very few presidents uh in the NFB do we have hands we do debbie okay debbie I think the one of the problems is just the decision making process with the top down approach, um, and especially back then. One of them was the finances, and I think it's just comparing that process, the decision making process back then, to what we have just experienced this summer uh, with ACB where there is an, an amazing 
effort to involve the membership from the bottom up. Um, and I think that's, that's what's the beauty of where we are right now compared to that, compared to there. Thank you, Debbie. Mm -hmm. Any other hands? No, not currently. So in this uh, period, the year of 1960 going into 1961, we had the affiliates leaving, being expelled. We had the affiliates who were expelled uniting together. Um, most of them. We had California on its own with the um, ABC. Uh, we had the um, Braille Free Press Association, which was a part of NFB, but definitely um, It was the the um, opposite of the Braille monitor. We had the Braille monitor being um, having its last um, edition in in December of 1960, and it's interesting because they noted that the December 1960 Braille Free Press uh, edition was dated the same as the last uh, uh, edition of the Braille Monitor. We had George Card being ousted, relieved of duties of everything except the White Cane fundraising, um, which he then resigned from NFB and two, two uh, interesting articles written um, opposite basically of each other, one in the monitor, in the Braille monitor and one in the Braille free press and um, come to find out that he didn't even have anything to do with that Braille monitor. Uh, article uh, because he had already basically been replaced, yet his name was still on the magazine as editor. Um, we had George Card being kind of rebuked by both organizations the Braille Free Press Association, and the National Federation of the Blind. Um, yet some people had some more uh, lenient attitude um, regarding George Card and, and talked about how, uh, you know, how, how proud they were of his accomplishments People like Brad Burson um, dropped their association with the Braille Free Press because they didn't want uh, George Card to be 
uh, in that membership of the Braille Free Press Association. So what about all of these things that were going on? I'm not sure what your question is. What do you mean, what about all these things going on? What, do, what are you talking about specifically? What do you want us to react to? Well, just anything that, that I mentioned. I mean, a lot was going on during this time. Um, and then, her hand uh, raised also. Who does? Debbie. Okay. Debbie, go ahead. Uh, audio now unmuted. I think the uh, <clears throat> there was a, a lot of I mean, what you were just describing there. I think there were a lot of people, and George Card, maybe the primary one, really did not want to see two, two separate agencies. Um, and I think they there were some who were really trying hard to um, to keep the groups together, um, trying to please you know all elements, um, and they ended up you know kind of out there in left field because no one knew for sure where they were. But I think George Carter was maybe one of them that really tried to accommodate everybody and try to find a way out of the impasse. And that um, I think that was part of what some of the confusion was during that time, people trying to keep things together, but, but knowing that it, if it, if it didn't change, there was no way. So, yes. Mm-hmm. And then something else was plaguing George Card. You guys remember what it was? They said there, there were, there were whispers of something going on, but it wasn't whispering. It was actually shouting of some improprieties. Has not lowered. Did it have to do with finances? Yeah. It did. Yeah. Okay. That they were accusing him or suspecting him of being dishonest. Or... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it was coming. It was already already generated. They were all they had to do was release it. Yeah. But they actually didn't. At least not to the end of chapter five. But they, they it was looming. It was going to happen. Well, and and the thing is that um, they it mentioned that. Um, Jernigan was the one who had the base, had the had the numbers, had the records. Um, I don't think they ever proved no. that George Card mm-hmm. took any money. No. Um, but just to have that suspicion. We don't even know that it was factual, that right. he had it. We just know that it right. was alluded to. Right, exactly. And so, and, and so that's one of the reasons why um, Burson and you know, a few others um, basically said, no, we don't, we don't, George, we don't want you. You're, basically, George was persona non grata. And um, that's a horrible place to be in. And yet to have that passion for, um, for his people. Mm-hmm. Especially when he's innocent, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well. well, and the 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 thing that I noticed was, and and that they 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 talked about was all of the friendships 
it's so horrible. You know, this is kind of like a really bad marriage gone wrong. Divorce. And in the, in the, the bloodiest of divorce battles, <laughs> this is a very bloody divorce battle between uh, fractions or factions of the, of, of the NFB. Yeah. And it negated, um, you know, Kennedy was, uh, you know, basically elected president. It, the, the, the author said Kennedy was elected president, but the NFB was nowhere near um, its prime anymore at the end of, of 1959, 1960. And really, um, it, um, the authors also brought up that, um, Tenbrook actually made some very glaring mistakes in that he, um, he caused the the lack of trust by his authoritarian um, attitude, and uh, and so the I can't remember what the quote was, but it was talking about how um, the NFB was not seen as an organization of the blind, um, that it did not speak solely for the blind, but that it was, um, and, and that's one of where autocracy uh, began to be spoken of, the authoritarianism of, of uh, Tinbrook. Now, they mentioned the authoritarianism of George Card. Did any of you guys pick up on that? And if you did, um, that sort of puzzled me. Um, did anyone pick up on that? I did, but I didn't quite understand it. Don yeah. Don Queen, by the way, has joined. I don't know if he's unmuted yet, but he has Don, joined. Don, are you? And Baba Costa is here, so he might understand oh, that too. Do you see me? Can you hear me? Yeah, yes. Yes. Talk, Don. Go ahead and talk. I rebooted my computer. Sorry about that. No, yeah. we're glad you're here. Go ahead yeah. and talk to us. So, anyway. Well, where are we? <laughs> well, we're talking about we're talking about chapter chapter five and and everything you know up to chapter six and chapter five. Oh, chapter five is on the that, that Miami. Is, yeah, if you have time, I'd like to talk about California. Okay. So, if you want, I'll go ahead. Yes, go ahead. Okay. Well, I. I, the reason I bring it is because my recollection of, is different from what I read. And uh, when I when I started, how it started, I let's see, I I first uh, when the reason uh, Bob Campbell resigned retired uh, resigned was is the reason I'm bringing it up because he everybody liked Bob, I do and did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, 
he, uh, in fact, he referred me to the orientation center and I got there a week before the convention where he uh, put appointed uh, Bob Campbell and as took his place as president of the CCB. And uh, Pat Burns, my Braille teacher, came back and she was all upset because he she he said uh, a vote against Campbell is a vote against me. He just uh, everybody owed Dr. Perry so much that they they would not vote against him. So they put they put in um, a secret ballot to at, at this point each chapter had two votes and then there was delegates by position so there was no individual vote so every right. chapter would vote so the the delegates then would vote secret ballot from then on it was a terrible system at, but it we went wrong and and my first convention i i'll tell you what it was like i i got there and the nominating committee met and then they nominated themselves for all the positions except for Campbell. And that, that's kind of the way it was being run. And uh, so I was kind of a little shocked about that. But what happened, the, the, uh, we gradually got more people in the, the executive committee. And they voted to have an accounting or audit. And uh, they couldn't. It, it turned out they couldn't have an audit because... Uh, George Fogarty was just stuck stuffing his um, receipts and bills in the shoebox. You were in like a little chapter, running like a chapter. Oh. And, uh, well, they were already charging George Card with the money and the, 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 the um, paying George Card and other things, financial irregularities in, in the uh, national. And it really left Campbell no choice. So we were, we had, there was some kind of banquet and I, I went, we all went and without warning, he got up and he retired and he resigned. Resigned. President. Um, They'd been, he'd been grooming uh, Tom Long uh, as, um, as a future president, but he was just sitting there and stunned, you know, and uh, Russ Kletzing then became chapter now the biggest argument against Campbell is that they didn't do much they uh very little there was a there was a, some legislative action but no fundraising well Russ got right in there and he asked me to be uh for example to be campaign chairman uh uh for the Alameda chapter and uh next thing I know I got five thousand boxes of McFarland's candy the chocolate bars in my living room and, and i'll tell you to bring a, a box a case of that into a meeting you never seen a meeting empty out so fast well he he fixed that because he, he had hired uh jack fletcher as a lobbyist or a executive director i guess was a title and so he got jack fletcher down and, and another people to to help and uh they got a, to about three or four people calling the various industries in uh, Oakland and Maryville, and then Lois Chaps and we had a uh, we went out and would on the coffee breaks and be selling guys with heart, uh, candy bar, ch- chocolate bars with 
And they, the guys with hard hats, it was kind of a funny thing, but we got that done. And um, so he started raising money and he had, Russ had the uh, thing, and he had a very active legislative program. I was looking for jobs at the time. So I I used to have to go up there because every job I applied for, they uh, turned me down because of the vision. So he, at least I had an interview. Russ would go in and get me in and it get arranged for them to talk to me and have a formal interview. And we, we did, but, um, the, uh, uh, I started uh, doing legislative work too. In fact, they put me up at a hotel there and we were doing lobbying work and he got a lot of bills spent because Russ was big in the California democratic action thing. So I, I, I think Russ was his own man as far as the uh, campaign campaign went. And uh, I think Jernigan kind of ran him out of the NFB. Eventually, I wasn't in any of that. But <clears throat> he was very helpful in the job finding. In fact, uh, he we were having a conference down in San Diego. And uh, I was down there. And uh, some people said, come down and have a drink. And I was going to go down to the county building and, and apply, you know, for a social work job. That was my best thing. So chance. And see, he calls me in my room and I was, he says, Don, why don't you go down there? So, oh, well, I'll do it. And so I went down. Well, they hired me. So that was, that was a lucky thing that. Oh, that's cool. Made that call. But Russ was a very, very capable guy. And uh, I think the two biggest bills we got, uh, uh, there was a lot of bills we got done through there, but was the, uh, uh, let's see, uh, disa- uh, disabled, uh, the public accommodations bill, I guess, employment and, and that, that was one. And then the, the Kennedy bill, the little Kennedy bill, the, the right to organize what had happened. He was hassling rehab so much that the guy from BEP went to the um to Russ's boss. He, Russ was a expert in riparian rights, water rights. And in fact he if you read the Who Are the Blind Who Lead the Blind, he got an award for the first federal state contract <laughs> uh, creating the highway highway five and the uh in the the canal down to taking the water to south. Well, Russ uh, uh, Septinelli went in, and I was at the hearing at the time. Uh, at that hearing, when he came in, the uh, there was the uh, and they they were saying that it's not necessary. They didn't need it, and then they showed this letter, a very angry letter from Russ's boss to the head of uh, this. Uh, Dr. Soltz, uh, special schools and services, which were rehab was under them. Right. And said, you're supposed to be hiring people, not getting them fired, you know, and so on. And they, and they were passing the letter around up there on the stand and the uh, county supervisors uh, representative uh, Siegel, he changed, uh, he says, well, we change our vote, we support the bill and and uh, I guess it was Septonelli. He he was a he got mad because they weren't listening to to him down there. But anyway, he 
we we got the little Kennedy bill, and uh, we also got the public accommodation spent bill done. That was the biggest bills we we got over the years, and he did a Don, very good job. Don, were those um, were those statewide or nationwide? These were statewide. Statewide, okay, that's yeah. I, I I I wasn't very active. I was busy all this time looking for work or uh, and other things. I I didn't get too much. In fact. When I said I'm going to get busy with this in on, on a federal, I mean, we, we were fighting on a local level. For example, when we had the secret ballot, we used to, when Campbell was still president, we used to go to the meetings and try to bind, commit the, their delegates to, to vote for uh, Russ and so on. And then uh, rehab was stacking. Uh, they were still technically members. Uh, they were they were they were stacking the meetings with their people down south, not up uh-huh. So uh-huh. it was pretty rough. And my k- counselor would say, "Keep cool, keep cool." And uh, and uh, so that that worked out well. And that is, we eventually we got those. Those were the two big bills that I remember. There was a lot of uh, uh, oh, I think we got responsible relatives. Uh, Family members contributing. I'm not sure if that passed or not. But uh, mm-hmm. and the other one was that we got was the um, serve on juries duty. Those are the ones I remember. But uh, Russell was a very active guy. But he, he and Jenkins didn't get along for one, and I don't know why. Yeah, and I know. He I gave know. that as the reason for that he was retiring, and then we got Jim McGinnis, and then mm-hmm. uh, Tony Manino. Uh-huh. And uh uh and then Bob. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And um I thank you very much. And uh would anyone else like to speak? Robert See has his hand raised. Good. Okay, go ahead, Bob. Real quick, I'm gonna be brief. One, uh, the audit was a big deal to Bob Campbell. I'm not saying anything about Bob Campbell was an honorable man. Let's let's make that very clear. But I think, Don, also you told me, because I pick Don's brain all the time, uh-huh. that George Fogarty felt they were accusing him of stealing. No way. No way. He didn't keep books well. But blind organizations that just were there didn't often keep books. And uh, Russ, I think, demanded in the executive committee um, to have an audit. And that's what sent him out. Finally, Don, um, Ernie Crowley, Assemblyman Early Crow- Ernie Crowley was our friend. He was a blind guy, and he helped us pass legislation. We had friends. In those days, there were no term limits with legislators. Right. So the old Turks knew us by. I mean, I remember going to Mervyn Dimely, who was um, became lieutenant governor later. I had a commission bill, and he said, I'll vote for it. What is it? I said, oh, <laughs> Mr. Assembly, when you want to read the bill, I don't need to. I back the council every time they come up with something. That, that's the kind of relationship we built along the way. We built with both sides of the aisle. Republicans mm-hmm. wanted you to get jobs, and they were glad to hear we want to work. Democrats want, want more welfare for you. They, they, they think I'm going to give money away to you. So we work with both of them. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. uh, well, I was going to say, and, and well, um, can I see if anybody else wants to speak first, and then um, sure, yeah. Any other hands? No hands raised. Okay, go ahead, Don. Well, I think we got, 
It was said one time we had a <clears throat> this may have included some of um, Dr. Perry. We got 155 bills passed through the legislature eventually. Uh, and and I, I, that may have included, because uh, I didn't, that wasn't my numbers, but there was a lot of, the, there are a lot of them, little Mickey Mouse. What, you know, yeah. family, oh, they like on uh, Age of the Blind, you exempted right. the spouse and then, or the husband. I think it got a, a, a different, easier formula then but of course we 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 lost all and then we had aid to the potentially self-supporting blind for those of us who were from california right apsb right apsb and that that we didn't have to worry we got that because of they they talk about in the book about mcnutt and the social security administration and we did that well one social security oh that was it the the tony manino pulled it and this was where he didn't understand what he did but he got he was in close with the reagan administration and was governor and uh he he uh well in fact what happened um they tony said go down go uh, reagan's down at uh Honolulu hotel go go there we're gonna picket them so they sent me in a, a number of guys from my chapter and um and uh, other disabilities but um we went and in the newspaper the, and we were out in front picketing and the tv was there and they were trying to get a thing put me confronting with uh reagan thank god he didn't so <laughs> he sneaked out the back door but they made a deal with tony and he said you we'll put in the bill that you get all, all the benefits uh, the special benefits for blindness into that um, uh, into the new Social Security Act, and he did. Um, but uh, th- there was no way of enforcing it because right. they, they they didn't have you didn't in Social Security you don't have a caseworker responsible for right. it. That and uh, and I I remember going there and I was working for rehab and down. And I was trying to get past plans, and that was a that kind of substituted for APSB, but um, they, they didn't call it family income; called deeming. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and there was a case called the Richmond case, and that went past. But nobody knew what it was. They they sued. They tried to enforce some of these these bills, but it it didn't work too well. And and uh, we dumped the other disabled group, and that wasn't a very good thing. That was what, what do you guys think of that? Um, in this chapter five, it talked about Newell Perry leaving the Federation. And Newell Perry saw, quote, his boys, in quotes, um, at odds with each other. Anybody have any um, any uh, comment on, on that? I didn't, yeah. he, Talk about leaving the Federation. Yeah, he the, left. He had left. Yeah. Newell Perry. Yes. I, I just, That's why he came to to the uh, California group and started the Newell Perry Trust Fund. Right, which was um, then a part of the California Council for the Blind. 
Does anyone know when California Council for the Blind? Because I saw it as of the blind, and then it was for no, the blind. That was very controversial. Yeah. And some people got upset about it. And, uh, and according to, and you know, we did have rehab and those guys coming to our meetings. Yes, but they did. They, those guys give them a real hard time. And uh, uh, Ben, Julie Bent used to say he, he, he'd be there in the bar crying. <laughs> after the meeting because you had uh, these all these lawyers uh, Bonnie Aturbidi and oh yeah Kletzing oh. and probably Jenkins and you know so that was no, I, now we all need to know that Julie, uh, it talked about MJ Hill a lot and that is our beloved MJ Hill Schmidt and <laughs> Juliet Bentley Bent is, or Bent is is Juliet Esterly. Oh, yeah. She was the original president of the new organization, the, the ACVC. Yes. Yeah. She wrote, her, a, she her, wrote her, a book. She in her book she she advocated not she opposed using the cane. That was that kind of lot. I think people. Never quite forgave her for that. Yeah. Chrissy, uh-huh. can I comment about Santa Fe? Are we yeah. on that yet? Oh, that's good. Well, we, we've, we've, we've passed, but you can comment. Well, maybe, may I make we a have, comment? Folks, we have um, yes or no? 19 minutes. So, yeah. I'll be ahead, quick. I, I won't talk a long time. Go ahead. What I want to say is when, the, and maybe they felt that we're, we felt, I'm in ACB now, that we needed a national free press, a free braille press or whatever. When they did that, that was the beginning of the end. And it was a brilliant parliamentary move in Santa Fe. They debated 14 hours. They were upset. And I believe I'm right. When the Dr. Tenbrook resigned from the board of directors and he, he got a motion passed that if he resigns, everybody on the board's resigning. Right. Everybody's out, which was really illegal. And then they had an election, and they unelected Durwood McDaniel and Marie right. Boring. It was the beginning of the end. They were right. just—they—it was a power play. It was wrong. Uh, and but the national, uh, the Braille Free Press, also in my contention, although needed, was the beginning of the end. Also, thank you. Yeah. It. It. But. But it was a voice of basically saying, "Hey." We need to be heard, and y'all need to hear the other side of the story. There are always two sides to every story. I agree, but and, and, we see, do we see credit? We don't. Ha- I don't have a reason to criticize, but I haven't seen in the forum total criticism of the administration, like they did in the Braille Press, and the Federation responded improperly. It was it, the war was on. The war was, was definitely so. On. I'm, I I do agree with with people saying something they want to see better. Usually in ACB, it's constructive. Like we debated the, the amendments and some people want to do it a certain ways and they were listened with respect. But when you get into magazines and some were worried about liability, one guy, um, John Hebner, who I knew in California, yeah, quit the, yeah. the board of the, of the Braille press because he was worried about being sued. He went to his lawyer and he said, get off the board. Lawyers yeah, say that all the time. That happened in chapter five. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. One thing I wanted to—I forgot to. T- when I was sitting in, in Jernigan's class, we had, a, had two hours of him every day 
I think. But uh, he had business methods, and he he went to Colorado and did this survey, which was in the report here. Well, yes. he they recommended the firing the head of the program, and that did, and this guy Klein wasn't fired according to this, as far as I know. So so something went. Uh, because I remember the uh, one of the teacher uh, knew knew the guy and was mad because they they because they he they he had to they were he made the employees when they were out in the field call in for pay phones several times a day to tell what they were doing and they thought that was a big waste of money and so, of course pay phones were a little expensive then yeah so that 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 was the but then he went to did a survey of the state of Arkansas and a company, they blocked, blocked him out. Totally. They, he got nowhere there. <laughs> yeah. I only want to add, I do did know MJ Schmidt. She was a great leader in ACB. Yeah. I think she wasn't she the last of the 39 that passed away. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, I think so. She she was one of the uh, Buffy, Jody, and and Sissy group. Who are the Buffy, Jody, and Sissy group? We well, remember there used to be a TV family program affair, and there were family affair. Oh, yeah, and yeah. there there the twins were Buffy and Jody, and and Dell Almond from South Dakota was Jody. And oh. and and uh, MJ was was Buffy, and I never really got to know the gal from Illinois that was a sissy. But at every convention, they always said, "Come on in here. Uh, we want to give you a drink. You know, I want to introduce you to so and so." They were the Buffy, Jody, and Sissy of the okay. Oregon. Okay. So, um, so I really encourage all of you to read chapter six. It is the Kansas City 1961, the organization dismembered. Um, The reading time is um, two hours and about 55 minutes. Um, And so we're about 38% through the book. Um, But I really hope you will all, you know, catch up, read as much as you can, read through uh, chapter six. And, you know, this is the beginning of, of the ACB and uh, and and as they discuss throughout up to up to chapter six, people didn't really want to leave the NFB. They wanted to reform it, but they had worked toward reform, and anyone who had a different opinion was either um, basically um, 
seen as the bad guy and, and really just uh, uh, demeaned, uh, was um, discredited and or was kicked out. And it, even to go as far as to, to for Dean, Dean Sumner, for instance, mm-hmm. Dean Sumner was okay, but the way they got him out, because he was planning to run against Tenbrook, the way they got him out was to take South Dakota out. What? So, so the, these are the tactics that were used. Um, they, the, the people who were, were unhappy and felt like they were not being heard tried to do everything they could, but they started realizing that their plan B was, we better start getting this new organization ready. And did I hear someone wanting to talk? You have a couple raised hands. Okay. Uh, Mary Beth. Okay, Mary Beth. Um, I, th- I think you are right about MJ being the the last of the founders. And, and I, you know, I, I'm from New York State, and that's, I, I mean, I grew up knowing MJ. And she used to talk about that a lot. You know, she talked about, how hard, how hard it was, you know, how they really, really, like you said, Christy, you know, how they really, you know, did not want to separate, how hard they fought, you know, for a a democratic organization. And she, she did also talk about the whole thing is how they would, they would select people that they thought, you know, were going to be good material, um, for want of a better word. Um, and that they would like groom them so that, that, you know, for instance, MJ, you know, she went from one of the people that they, they really liked and were really nice to and really pouring their, their information and expertise into and to being, you know, a public enemy number, you know, whatever, because um, because she didn't agree with them. And, yes. and, um, and you figure if it was as hard, you know, it it was just very, very hard for these people because they really and wanted they wanted to, to be united um but they wanted to be able to disagree and anybody who knows MJ will will know that she she um she did want to be able to disagree um but that um that they they just they just you know couldn't couldn't do it and there's one other thing which I just totally forgot thank you It'll come back. Thank you, Mary Beth. Uh-huh. And Regina? someone else? Jeff? Regina? Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Regina. <clears throat> so, I um, I think this is, in reading this, I found it's a cautionary tale. Because um, I think the natural, this is my thoughts now the natural uh, the natural inclination of human beings is to want people to agree with them and to like them and they and we tend to gravitate toward people who agree with us i think the value of different ideas some people don't put 
as high as, you know, are you my friend because you agree with me? And I think we have to work somewhat against our nature to say different ideas are so important that even if I vehemently disagree with someone, I will be respectful. I will like them. I will work with them. And another, maybe, you know, we can't be so entrenched that we don't allow other voices. And I think that's the root of democracy. And democracies are very, um, how do I say it? They're very delicate balances. And we have to always be conscious that we're promoting democracy, even when we don't like it. I'm sure we've all been in a chapter meeting or a national meeting where the way it was going, you really felt like you didn't like it. You you wanted it to go the other way. We've all been in that. And yet, that is how it works. You know, if if 25 people say this and 45 people say that, it's going to go the way of the majority and we need to respect that. Uh, I agree. However, if things are done in secrecy as it expressed over and over, especially in Chapter 5, things are done in secrecy and there's an ambush. Um, Things were not put out into the open, out to the people. And uh, and this is more of an autocratic way of doing things rather than a democratic way of doing things. Um, if there is a majority um, that votes the way they do simply because they're asked to or told to, or, you know, they're not given all, all of the sides of the story. Um, As we saw, you know, George Card said he, 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 uh, he introduced um, something On Friday night, by Sunday, he was so sorry that he had done that because he didn't realize that he had been manipulated. Right. And And I I agree wholeheartedly because transparency has to happen before you can have a clear opinion. Exactly. And I think with with a democracy, without transparency is not a democracy. It is an autocracy. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, I see. Do I have time? Have about five minutes. Any last words from anyone? I would like to, if I could. Go ahead, Bob. I'll be brief. I know the clock here. (laughs) Well, first of all, the 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 difference between the current ACB. I I I came in in '84. No one takes the microphone from you if you're respectful. No one, you know, now you could argue, well, they do in the Democratic and Republican conventions, but very seldom they, they wouldn't give guys the microphone. And finally, this guy, Bud, I forget his name. Um, they wanted to hear from the Minutemen, Frank Luciano. If I'm jumping ahead, forgive yeah. me. I think I am. You and are. the Minutemen were trying to save the organization, the NFB. Right. They were trying to save it. And uh, after Dr. Tenbrook, uh, well, we'll, I won't tip the surprise, yeah. but my point is, 
um, they wouldn't give him a microphone. They, w- they wouldn't recognize him. Okay. Yes. And my quick story, I've told it before, but the reason I really fell in love with ACB, real quick, a resolution from our sister state of South Carolina, poorly written. They did the best they could, and the resolution's chair would not read it. We all screamed, it must be read. And the person had to go to his room, the chair, and get the resolution. Read it. It wasn't written well. And we voted it down. Right. South Carolina was heard in the, in the NFB. They wouldn't have been heard. Thank right. you. Right. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> and Thank I you. think Mary Beth had her hand raised again. Mary Beth? I remember the thing I forgot. The, the other thing that was a huge concern <laughs> for MJ, yeah, right, it's quick, was that, you know, that that legacy, that legacy that Bob was talking about of, you know, transparency and that you were talking about transparency and everybody, you know, has the right to be heard, that that would be something, you know, that, you know, her concern was they'd fought so hard to get this and that um, her concern was that the, the, the generations after needed to understand how yes. much that cost and to, to, you know, uh, basically um, uh, keep it going. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So um, again, next week, please read chapter six, come on back and join us. and. Uh, let's see what kind of a discussion we can we can drum up for next week. And you know, we're getting to the point where uh, people were there in 1961. Um, I don't know. Um, I, I remember hearing Kathy Skyvers talking about going across the street. So we're going to read about going across the street and and what happened. She wasn't uh, at the convention, unfortunately. She was having a baby. She couldn't go. Yep. <laughs> oh, she didn't get to go. Six years, she didn't go. Yeah. Well, Somebody's, and she stayed home with him. That's right. Somebody said they walked across the street, I, and I don't know who that was. I wish I could get them on. Next year. The next year, Kathy gets on the ball. <laughs> yeah. Charter member. Yeah. yeah. You, so, you know, one of the things about people of vision that bothers me is they, I think it's 36 people they list as that walked across the street, and then they have some others that are questionable. And one of the questionable people is Bob Campbell. Um, anyway, I, I don't know how we can can document that and, and have it precisely the, thir- the 39. Yeah. Bob well, Campbell was adamantly in favor of going to the Aladdin. Where do we find the list of the 39? If somebody can send that to me, I will send it to, um, I will put it out as I did for the link. Thank you, Bernice, for that link. Right. Um, anyway, it is time to go. Again, we are ending Chapter 5 of People of Vision, A History of the American Council of the Blind. And we have finished Chapter 5. We will begin Chapter 6 on August 24th. Thank you, Larry, for streaming. Thank you, Belinda, for hosting. Thank you all.